0: Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. All right, ladies, welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. So today we have with us Julie Wenger. Julie is a certified and internationally credentialed coach human ecologist, speaker, podcaster, certified breathwork facilitator, and student of the Enneagram. She is devoted to guiding both Jesus followers and the spiritually curious through their journeys to the path that God has laid out for them. In 2020, God called her to go on her own journey, leaving behind a successful 10-year real estate career to follow the path he had for her. Along the way, a passion for understanding who and whose we are what our purpose is, and stepping into life with fearless confidence was born. As Julie discovered, when we understand these things, we can leave behind our battles with not enoughness and not muchness, ditch fear, and create a more loving, just, and compassion-filled world. Julie blends her training and experience to walk you through the same life-transforming process that God brought her through and that she has guided clients and audiences through. So if you don't already know, and don't know me, and don't know this podcast, which you should, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Welcome, Julie. This is incredible. So oh, thank I, you. Oh, you got to where you are. I want to know more about yeah. the story.
1: Yeah, it starts with burnout, essentially. And it's interesting because the more people I talk to, the more common that seems to be. And We chase success and we chase what life is supposed to look like and who we think we're supposed to be. And we have these ideas of what enough is or these perceptions of what enough looks like. And so that was very much my experience of being this natural people pleaser, very talented people pleaser, an overachiever. And I was building and building and building and building and trying to find ultimately affirmation from the world you know looking to creation and so the creator for that and I hit this point where I was successful in a half a million dollar a year of business I had a great team we had great systems, everything looked great, everything seemed great from the outside and I was just so miserable mm-hmm. and I remember sitting at my office desk after a client call and thinking to myself, like, is this it? because I have what I'm supposed to want, right I have what 10 years ago, I would have absolutely just been over the moon dreaming about. And it's not filling me. It's not enough. It's not It's not what I want. And I had little, little kids that were, I think, four and one or something at the time. And um been married for a lot of years. And it's just like, something has to change because I'm not present with them. And I'm stressed and I'm anxious and there's no reason for it. And so I had to go on this discovery journey of, well, if I don't want this, what do I want? And ultimately, it led into this process of discovering how I was taking myself out, discovering how I was giving, 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 giving with literally no boundaries. I didn't know what a boundary was. It was totally foreign to me. And in this process, I realized that I lost myself in trying to be everything to everybody. So I didn't actually know who I was, which makes figuring out what you're built for, what your purpose is, like, literally impossible not even just difficult actually impossible so this is when i decided that i should maybe walk the talk with the whole faith thing right like okay god this is not working clearly and i can't figure out how to fix it so your turn and <laughs> and he's like i've been waiting for you to say that <laughs> literally yeah literally and when i was writing the book about it like i actually say that. Like, I have been waiting for you to get here. And I had to go through some pretty deep valleys and some, you know, not fun experiences and emotional stuff to get there. But he's like, yes, she's finally here. And so, he started to take me through this discovery journey of, well, who are you? And I figured out that what I had done was I'd attached my identity to the things that I did. I detached my identity to the people that I knew and the success that I was having and the money I was making. And none of that was actually how he saw me. None of that was actually my identity. And I had this moment this one day with one of my coaches at the time talking about like, I just don't even know who I am. And she said, well, you're going to sit in here with this room, in this room with God and the whiteboard. And you can play your worship music or whatever, but you're not leaving this room till you figure it out. Like he'll tell you. And she left, and I sat there and I, you know, cried and I listened to stuff and I cried some more and I prayed and I cried some more. And then it kind of hit me, Julie, your love. And I was like, okay. And then this string of words came like love, joy, strength, light, and grace. And what I realized in this moment was like one of those breakthrough moments, right? Was that who I was was more of an essence and more of a reflection of him and his character and what he's put in me that is a unique combination of Him. It was, I am love. I am joy. I am strength. I am light. I am grace. And everybody, because I always wanted to be special, right? Everybody is special because everybody has a unique combination and it didn't take away from me. And so, there was this total shift in how I saw me and how I saw life because now I had this new set of guardrails to stick with it. Now I had this new lens of me that I could evaluate life against. And I could evaluate all of the comparison I was doing and I could evaluate all of the shooting I was doing all over myself and you know does that fit though with who he says I am? Does this expectation I have of myself fit with who he says I am? Does this comparing to somebody else and looking at am I enough because they're doing more, they're doing better? Does that impact how he sees me? And I started to be able to detach who I was from all of this stuff that I had been just clinging to trying to find my value. And what was cool then was within the context of this set of guardrails around who you are came context around like, what did I build you for, right? Like God is saying, hey, I've got you here for something. You're custom created for a purpose. And I custom created you, number one, because I love you and I wanted you and you're chosen. But number two, I want to do something through you. And I want to achieve something through you. And I want to give you purpose so that you'll have fulfillment and you'll have joy and we could do something together. And the purpose for me, I mean, it's shifted and become more and more and more clear over the last four, four and a half years that this has all been shifting. But it's all about how do I equip and empower people to live the life they're called to? And so I looked at real estate and was like, um, can I do that? Selling houses. <laughs> And that was a big fat no. So I mean, I circled the block a little bit. It took me about a year and a year and a half, year and a quarter to get there. But essentially, God told me you need to hang this business up and walk away. And I was like, well, maybe I could do both, though. Maybe I could, you know, find something to do that fits. And coaching seemed like a good option at least for a while. So I, you know, started doing that. It turned out I was really good at it. Um, So I start building both things, and then the pandemic hits, and real estate hits pause. And I was like, well okay, I guess I'll put all my effort and my energy into this new business thing. And it started to grow, which is great, but it still wasn't gonna replace my income, which I still had a you know death grip on. And as we went through the summer of 2020 and all the lockdown and all the stuff that was happening, he kept asking me, do you trust me yet? Because it's time to go. Do you trust me yet? Do you trust me yet? Do you trust me yet? And I was like, I want to, but can I sell a few more places first and have a little more money in the bank? And he would just like, close all the doors, blow up all of the things that would have totally come through before, right? Like houses that had offers on them, I was going to get paid in any normal circumstance. Nope. no. Nope. Just like... <laughs> and so I finally reached this point where, number one, I think I was tired of fighting with him. But number two, I started to understand... And I think this was just a... You know, he had to change the way I think thing. And just one of my favorite... Scripture pieces in this whole journey, like Romans 12 to you, and the NLT says that we need to let God allow God to change the way we think, and then we'll learn his purpose for us, or as well for a life which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I had this change of thought where now I could see not only what my purpose was, but I could see the people on the other side of it. And I could see that if I didn't show up, that the opportunity for transformation in their life that I was supposed to be the conduit for would not exist. And then the cost became too big. So it was like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this. So I hung up my real estate business, like literally shut it down. And I thought everyone was going to think I was crazy. And no one did, interestingly, or they didn't tell me, which is fine. And the relief that I felt, Rachel, was like nothing I had experienced to that point in my whole life. She's like, okay, now I'm on mission right? like Now I said yes to something I'm actually called to for the first time. It was just really cool. Wow.
0: This is an incredible story because I think as you're sharing that, I'm pulling parallels in my own experience. And I was just like, wow, your story is so vastly different, yet so extremely similar to the walks that I've experienced over these past several years as well. And I'm so blessed that God has gifted you that experience as well, because you're right. Like Well, we're constantly in fight with our career. Like, obviously, we're not going to win. But it's this constant going that we think that we know better because we're here on the ground living the life. And it is hard for us to recognize the incredible future that that God has planned for us. And I love your story because it's like, yeah, relating to that part where you got to hang up your business. And I... Had to do that on several times because I hung up the hat and I was like, but anyway, I got some more sales. Hang up that hat. Oh, but and so every time mm-hmm. I drew back to what I thought I knew best, God just kept dropping the hammer. He's like, no, put it down, mm-hmm. put it down. And so, very similar to what you're sharing is about having that, that grip of control because we always think it's just one more, one more time, one more sale, one more. You know, payday kind of thing. And it's literally in like how God says, like leave everything and follow me. And that doesn't just leave some things, leave whatever you don't want, leave everything. And that's like, well, what is everything? Everything. Like you can't argue. And so you did. And now you are here. And, you know, four and a half years or so of this journey that you've been on, where has God led you? I, I just want to be a witness to God's work with you. It continues to be a whirlwind.
1: Yeah. And I just want to backstop this all with the fear that pops up. Because even as I'm listening to you you feed some of that back towards thinking about the whole experience, there's so much fear that comes with drop everything and follow me. Because we think, and I think sometimes this is our just our humanity and scarcity mindset and sometimes it's our traumas and sometimes it's the enemy and you know, but it's like we think that he's not going to want what's good for us or we think that he's not going to take care of us or we think that you know poverty gospel we're going to have to literally sell everything we have and live out of a box on the side of a river valley like there's this just polarity that seems to exist in our mind of either it's going to be all like awful and painful and suffering all the time. Or I can maintain control and I can try to like hang on to the things that make me comfortable. And I think that at least for me, what he was asking me to let go of was idolizing money and status and my business. Mm -hmm. And he was asking me to operate from a place of surrender. Not like, hey, Julie, I need you to sell your house. I need you to sell your car. And I need you to like literally be broke for the rest of your life. And it's going to be miserable, but you'll know you're doing my will. I like, no, no, no. I need you to put me first. I need you to have eyes on me first. All of these things that I've been you know, allowing you to walk through have been building you. And I'm going to take all of that and I'm going to renew you. And then I'm going to teach you what my will is for your life and what my purpose is for your life. And what I've learned is that this good and pleasing and perfect thing is not just about him. Right, like we're made in His image. So, if what is good and pleasing and perfect to Him as His welfare for our life is reflective of Him, it should also fit us. Right, like there is this piece of in us being made in His image. The things that make Him happy should make us happy. Mm-hmm. Right, the things that give Him joy will give us joy. The things that bring Him glory should you know lift us up and fill our souls. And that's very much what I've found. Has it been easy all the time? No. No, because I'm fighting against my ego, my subconscious, and my humanity all the time. And I don't like the word flesh, but like to go like super spiritual old school, like you're fighting your flesh all the time. And I just want to encourage people that as you're listening to this or as you're going on your own journey, it's not all like suck on the other side as well if your life is not suck. It's so much better than what you could do on your own. And... But you can come up with on your own. And I'm pretty creative and pretty visionary. And he's given me that stuff, right? Like there is a gifting and a skill set, but I can't come up with what he's brought me into. So to answer your question, um, I started into this coaching space, and I've always loved stages. And initially, you know, I thought that was all ego, and you're not supposed to want that, you're not supposed to, but there's something that he's placed in me that just, you know, give me a microphone, just love it. So I did a few uh, workshops and hit a few stages and done some speaking and stuff before the pandemic hit and then did some more just virtual stuff as the opportunities presented. We hosted some of our own summits and things. But I really started working primarily with groups and with one-on-one clients on understanding who they are and why they're here and how do we get there, right? How do we leverage what we know about psychology and what we know about God and faith for the clients that I could go there with, to get you out of your own way enough to actually go do that thing that you know deep down is possible for you, that you know is the something more that you're built for, but that you're not experiencing yet. And people talk themselves out of it and it drives me crazy. I'm like, no, there is that something. (laughs) I get to tell you, yes, it does exist. So anyways, leaned into that space for a while and it's been lovely. And then about a year and a half ago, he told me drop everything and write my book. I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) so and i was just like i want to add in here i have a recent adhd diagnosis okay sitting down to write yeah okay so you get it sitting down to write a book someone said to me like last week that should not be possible for you i was like i know but god anyway he tells me drop everything write my book and it's september of i think 20 i don't know 2021 whatever year and a half ago is And I'm like, but I lined up all this client attraction work for October, like running a business one on one. I mentor entrepreneurs half the time. So it just seems to be who lands in front of me. And how can I not go find clients? How am I going to pay the bills? He's like, nope, drop everything, go write my book. Okay, I've been to this rodeo before. Fine, fine, you know, with a little attitude. We're we're always arguing against our father. Yeah, <laughs> and tell me what I can do. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I cancel everything. My pride takes a hit. I'm like, mm. and I jump into this book writing boot camp, and I write the book through October in the first week of November, first draft. It's like, okay, now we just keep this thing moving. And I have done very, very little client attraction. I'll tell you in the last couple of years and he just keeps dropping clients. So that's been cool. But I released the book last summer, and there have been all these cool opportunities that have come from that, both to see how it's impacted people, because it walks them through that same process, right? Who are you? Whose are you? Why are you here? Why has God placed you here? And how do you go actually live out what his call is for your life strategically, tangibly? And um, what does the outcome look like? It's so funny how he works, right? Because I was like, here's a stage and here's a speaking opportunity and here's a client and here's a whatever. But then this year, I started seminary, mm-hmm. which I did not ever, 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 ever in my life see coming. And the, the thing that happened there that was so interesting was from the time that I started coaching to now, there has been this continual shift. Into seeing this business as more of a ministry and into understanding that who I'm called to primarily is his people. And it's waking them up from their comfortable and their status quo and their you know, couch Christianity or their all will call you later faith or whatever, so that they actually can see what he's called them to and so that they can see in them what he sees in them and what he's placed in them. And like, I'm a, I'm an activator. I'm a catalyst. I know exactly where I fit in their process. And it's equip, empower, out you go. But out you go together in community. And so when I was looking at some of this and understanding this is more of a call, I was like, hmm, I have all of this training and all of this credentialing and all of this, you know, stuff that I've been learning over the last number of years. And I mean, it's an obnoxiously long bio, but, you know, like, that should be enough, but it's not because I need to make sure that my theology is sound. Yeah. no second to my relationship with him, obviously, but I need to make sure my theology is sound. And then this opportunity comes up because our church is partnering with a university a few hours from here to run a seminary program. And I was like, Oh, well, that's convenient. So I prayed about it. He's like, Yeah, go do that. And, um, so now I'm part way into this seminary program and I love it. Oh, wow. I love it. Love it. Love it. So this is where, you know, When I say it's just this ongoing, I don't even know what's coming thing. He just keeps shifting and shifting and shifting and shifting. And right now I'm seeing my business and I'm seeing ministry. And I'm trying to get clarity on what does that mean? And leaning into my mentors, like, is that I'm going to start working with our church? Is that I'm going to build something separate? Like what? And I don't know yet, but it's going to be great. Oh
0: my goodness. This is just so incredible. And like listening to you share that is so profound and so relatable too, because you don't know what's next and it's fully surrendering. And Mm -hmm. in that surrender is, and of course, I'm just pulling in pieces from my own experience here, but like, so my book, Chasing Perfection, very similar. It was Chase... And we're striving for this perfect life, this perfect business, this perfect marriage, this perfect house, everything, perfect, perfect, right? And it was just so exhausting in that realm where we're constantly chasing. And very much like you, my identity became my outward expression of what I could accomplish and achieve. And that's where I found value and I found worth and overcoming that through my book, uh, Chasing Perfection, A Journey to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love. Those are the three counterparts that really helped anchor me down. And in that is where I turned to my faith fully and surrendered. And that's when I came out of, um, so those who have or have not read my book, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the storyline here, is that that's where I found myself. Because I had to surrender all the things that I was doing and give up control and just ask God to change my heart and lead my way. And he said, first of all, you come to me because you are my child. And I said, well, I don't even know what that means because I thought I was this, 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 and this. And we attach our identity you know, from an outward perspective, what people think of you, what they need of you, what they expect of you, who you should be, all the things. And in doing so, you lose yourself. And Mm -hmm. it was about rediscovering who Rachel Brooks is, but I didn't even know who that version was. So he allowed me an insight into who I'm created to be. And I said, wow, what does that look like? He said, you are love. You are a child of God, the Almighty. You are. And he starts giving me all these affirmations. And so through that, that transformation, because if you ask me who I was, My first response would be immediately, I am not this. I am not that. I'm not. Mm -hmm. And it became this laundry list of all things I'm not. But God said, because those are, that's not who you're supposed to be. I didn't build you and design you and create you to fit those molds. You're here with, on, and for a purpose. And this is your journey. And this is where I'm leading you. And so that was my first like big aha life change transformation. And I've always had Christ in my heart. I just didn't know him. And that became that relationship and walk through this journey of self-discovery and giving back to what God had created me to be. And so coming twofold here in this space where it's like I'm now embarking on a different season or journey in a different season of my life. And I'm finding myself actually not even in a new chapter. I'm in a new book. And mm-hmm. so ironically, we repeat some of the same lessons that we've learned. They're just showing up in different areas of our life. And in now I'm finding this in business. And so my placeholder title for book number two is called Chasing Success. Because mm-hmm. very much like you, that if we had all the things, we would define our worth and our value. And even though I learned that lesson from, from a, an identity lesson, however, this flash, I'm using the quotes wanted something different. And I thought that's where I needed to be to fulfill my purpose. And so kind of coming full circle is now recognizing, and for those that are listening, purpose finds you is what I truly believe. You're destined for a purpose. And sometimes we go about life and just go through the steps and we muddy it up. But yet the destination is still that purpose outcome. So even though I had this vision and mission, which was my purpose, I was just going about it in a different way that wasn't sustainable. And that has led me again to a place of near burnout and exhaustion. Didn't quite hit it this time. First time, crash, landed, mm-hmm. left there, kind of side like, whoa, you know, look at me. And now, having learned that lesson, I was able to put the brakes on before I hit the wall. And now I was able to step out on harm, unscathed kind of thing. And now it's, again, co-creating with God. Like, okay, God, I took things in my own hands. I thought I was on the right path. I took control and, and he goes, and what happened? I go, yeah, I need help. And that worked out for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and so this, I'm in this season right now. And it's funny because God just did the same thing that he was doing with you. He's showing you the ways to do his work correctly and on his terms. And I wrote down how you had said, you know, what is good and pleasing and perfect. We don't have to chase that anymore. He's already gifted us, given that us. And that's the promise that we have to abide in walking in relationship and in co-relationship, right? So we're building this together and it's a beautiful, beautiful walk of life. And so I had written down a couple of things that you had said, you know, looking at it from how can I do this now? So that I have more money and more status in my business, right? And I think that that's what our world tells us. And that's the chase that we go after. And sometimes it's still in the same parallel, but we're running a different race and that's not on the time and it's not on the plan that our creator had created us for. And so this has just been an incredible, just parallel examples of witnessing what God can do in your life when you go all in and you bet on him and he will over promise and deliver. You didn't make a comment that that really resonated with me where we hold on to control. And I think. Now speaking just of my own revelations of this, because I had to do some soul searching and figure out why it was so hard to let go. And we hear, oh, you have to have more faith in God, more trust. And I was like, okay, but I'm, you know, praying more and I'm turning to my worship music. I, like I'm spending a lot of time on that. But what I didn't account for was the fact that I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to let go because it's not that I didn't trust God. I did. I thought that if I just did this one little thing then, and it never did, but it was in this revelation that I had to have less of me and more of him. And when I did, he began carrying that weight that I was trying to tighten on to hold on to thinking that one more thing, the one more client, the one more sale, the one more. And he said, no, everything has to go. And ironically, I did. I gave up so much. I gave up like 90% of this business. Well, actually, I gave up a 100. But what he said, is like, you could pick up the 10%. We're going to need those onto our next chapter. And so I did. And we're rebuilding this together. I have not felt more in alignment in this direction that I'm in than I am at this very moment. And this is probably the first time that I've had such excitement and passion to feel alive again, to embark on something new. And even though all the stuff that I was doing before, it lit me up, it really did. But I had spread myself so thin that I couldn't even see with clarity direction I was going. So your story has really just brought that to the forefront. And I just wanna thank you for sharing first of all. And secondly, like how we can look at this, our stories, our experiences and our lessons as ways to give back to others who might need that encouragement, who might need the, just that little bit of inspiration, like there's hope out there, like you just got to keep going, you got to trust the system and process. And, you know, when we talk about identity, finding yourself again, going back to what you were built and gifted for. And I think that's important to recognize your uniqueness, because sometimes we, we're so taught to look again externally, that we don't look inside and own the little quirks, the nuances, the uniqueness, the gifts, all the little things that make up who you are, because those are what's in your little tool belt that's going to be building. And you're going to need that for this job that God has called you to do here on this earth. So those who are listening, tap into who you are, all of that, the silliness you've thought, Thoughts, your weirdness, the quirkiness, like all the, all the things that you think you're like, oh, people aren't going to accept me if I'm sure who I really am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: you I not here for them. You're not listening. Yeah. There's, there there's so much we could jump into with that. I've just like got notes and notes and notes of, ooh, this would be fun. And we're just not going to be able to get everywhere, which drives me nuts a little bit. But there's, <laughs> there's a whole section of my book and of what like a process that God really had to drive home with me. And it's about being too much. And when we look at you know not enoughness and too muchness, we just spent yeah. a minute there. So not enough is like, what if I am not lovable? What if I don't belong? What if I don't measure up to people's standards? What if, what if, what if? And to just really drill down super, super simply. The whole issue with enoughness is that it's perception and we can't get there. The bar is always, 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 always moving. And when we're chasing enoughness, our eyes are off God. Our Mm -hmm. eyes are on society. It's in the way the world wants to do things. It's all distraction. And distraction is dangerous from a kingdom-building perspective. So, I mean, number one, enoughness is an illusion. It doesn't actually exist. You're enough because you're here, right? You're enough because you're chosen. You're enough because you're his. And like that's it. The only way we're not enough is if we choose it. Too muchness is just a flip. Okay, so if you say like, well, I'm just too fill in the blank. For me, it's always I'm too loud. I'm too scattered. I'm too obnoxious. I'm too whatever. If we flip that, it's like too much of something is always not enough of something else, right? Mm -hmm. Too loud is not quiet enough. Too obnoxious is not what demure enough. And so that's an important thing for us to start to mull on and think about and let, oh God, change the way we think about But also what occurred to me and what he really eliminated for me is that those things that we think are too much, a healthy expression of them, they're all placed there exactly for what he's built us to do. It's all there with purpose, but there's this lie that gets wrapped around us and when we can start to look at, well, what is it that I think is too much? And I love walking people through this stuff, right? Like, what are your too much stories? What are your not enough stories? Let's start to rewire those. Let's start to look at, are they true? Let's start to look at how God sees you. Let's start to look at where they come from. When we could start to see that my loudness, quote unquote, is actually a, a level of confidence and it's reflective of an ability to be able to step on a stage and not be phased. And to be able to call people up and tell them what I see in them and just like, let's go, let's march, let's move, let's figure it out. And there's a gift that's attached to that. And if I don't have that, then the things that he's calling me to would be really difficult. And there's so much freedom that comes in starting to see those things for what they are and then starting to detach from... This, I'm not enough of this and attached to, like we were talking before, who is it that he says I am mm-hmm. and starting to redefine identity, which then makes this defining purpose and redefining success way easier. And with purpose, this is what I want people to take away in terms of purpose. Purpose is not a job. Okay, purpose is not a, a role. It's not a title. It's not a you know an assignment you give your time and energy to. Your purpose is bigger than that. And I like to use the words purpose and calling kind of interchangeably, but purpose is all about the contribution that you can make. What is it that happens when you show up and God shows up in you, right? What happens when he overflows because you're in the space or you're in the room? And then from there comes this transformation potential. What can happen for people and in people and in circumstances and in situations and in environments because you showed up with the gifts that you have and the capabilities that you have? And you don't own the transformation. Like that's God work. People Mm -hmm. have to decide to opt in. We can't carry that. We can't burden ourselves with that. We can't take responsibility for that. We just do the contribution part. But then flow through of these two, contribution and transformation turns into kingdom impact. There's this bigger picture of that transformation over over and over and over and over and over again. That's purpose. So when I talk about my purpose being equipping And empowering people to live the life they're called to and encountering God, that's not a job title. But it does help me define when I look at the opportunities that are presenting, do they fit? When I look at what's in my life already, do they fit? A, can I be myself there? Can I be love, joy, strength, light, and grace there? And B, does it fit within the context of my purpose? And those two are like a funnel. Like the guardrails get narrower from identity to purpose. And it's just so much easier to make decisions and choices about life, period. And the one other thing I wanted to mention, and kind of jumping piece to piece here, but there was this moment this weekend, so his on worship team at church, we do devotionals before we step in each day. And this one person comes and he's sharing about being still and knowing that I'm God. And I have this art on my office wall, to Be Still. And he said one of the other translations of the Hebrew word for be still is cease striving. And I almost fell off my chair, Rachel. Like I'm sitting there and going, oh my goodness. Because as much as I understand who I am and what he's built me for, it's still a day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day thing of, yes, I've overcome a lot, but I still have a deep-seated wiring, strong neural pathways like achieve, 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 achieve. It is a battle with self. To try to rewire that. And thankfully, I don't have to do that rewiring all by myself, but it takes time and it takes intentionality. And there's a grace we have to have in the journey of knowing that everything's a process, but that he's in the process and that he accounts for our failures and our drifting and our taking our control back temporarily. And yet still pursues us and straightens the path out with our little deviations says i'm going to use it anyway like i'm going to take your intentions i'm going to take your little efforts i'm going to turn them into big things because i can like okay well if you can take a bunch of misfits and make them your disciples and change the world then i guess you could probably use us
0: yeah it's crazy to think like how that belief that we have to have everything perfect on the outside before we can come to jesus or that will be loved by him and those who develop their relationship with Christ and, and walk alongside, you know, our creator is, is that those are the individuals He wants. And because we're not perfect, nobody here is perfect. And so when we can let that guard down and just own all of our faults, flaws, and failures, that's where you really lean in and get that strength from God and also recognizing it takes us off the hook to do those things. And yours was, you know, achieve, achieve, achieve. Mine is do, do, do. I'm always on the go. It's just go. I only know one speed and it's dry. And I know that that's something I have to is my inner struggle as well. And like you said, it's a daily job to manage and practice restraint and control of myself. Not control of situations, not control of this world and environment and others and all that stuff, control of myself. Because it's easy for me to spiral out of control and just be like, Well, I'm gonna go do the things I wanna do and I'm gonna do them fast and I'm gonna, you know, what happens when it happens? Yes. You usually mess things up. And that's when you're sitting there crying sob tears to God like please help me. He's like, I've been trying to, child. You gotta put the pen down. Stop scribbling on stuff. Yes. And that was where I had to recognize like I'm doing this. This isn't about me. So if I'm praying and calling out for help, I also have to put the the pen down or the Sharpie and stop scribbling on the wall and expect the wall to be painted and smooth and pretty, right? So it's about taking ownership and responsibility for my actions so that I can mm-hmm. surrender and let that transformation come from within and start veering more towards the path that God wants me on. And yes, we're going to derail, we're going to go our own way here and there. But I think, you know, for what I'm learning is that sometimes it's okay to kind of peek and go off track. So you can kind of see that you're back on track, because sometimes it's hard to know if you're on the right path. And I think sometimes it takes getting lost and veering off to know that you are, you know, not on the right one, or you are on the right one. But it's just been an incredible walk to experience this. And if we had met you and I on this conversation months prior, it'd be a different conversation. And it's not that my faith has ever wavered. It's my inability to control myself when I feel that life is feeling out of control. And I think that's where many will do whatever it takes to feel this place of certainty and control and that everything is peachy keen because we've just come out of, well, maybe we're still in. I don't know. I feel like 2020 hit since pandemic. It's a whole new world. There's still this uncertainty. There's still a lot of fear. There's still worry, anxiety, all the things that God tells us, don't fear that. Well, it's kind of hard not to when it's just thrown in your face by world. So when we talk about the what you had mentioned about not enough and and too much, that's kind of where you find that perfect. use a quote because perfect doesn't exist. It is that illusion. But it's about finding that peace and contentment that only God can provide. Even if those who may or may not have a relationship with God, those moments we know, we experience it, and we think that's by our own accord. But it's really not because how quickly that contentment will just get shaken up by the next upsetting thing. But that's the inner being when you could really find and lean into God's promises and his peace. And that's mm-hmm. where we get to do this in a harmoniously way or harmonious way. And it's just, um, I know that you can relate to this too. It's beautiful because you're over here like, and there's more and there's what in the seminary
1: and like, I got it on. So it's, it's so I mean, cool. I have this on a sticky note on my window trim in my office, let perseverance finish its work. So you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. And I just, I always come back to that. And I used to say, I have this love-hate relationship with perseverance because like, can we just not build more perseverance right now? And when we're going through this journey and we're drifting off the path and coming back and we're drifting and we're coming back, all of that is building us. And all of that is building maturity. And all of that is building our ability to connect with him and to hear him and to learn to maybe drift less far off the path. I think what we're experiencing where I am I would define as a mental health epidemic that is following the pandemic. And there is so much fear and there is so much anxiety. And one of the things that God's really highlighted to me, like when you say, you know, he tells us not to worry. I looked at that passage a while ago and I really love the translation. I think it's passion translation. I'm not sure, but it says, don't worry or be pulled in a thousand different directions and I was like, that feels like what we're doing, right? Like we're just being pulled in all these different directions. There's all this distraction. There's all these different things we can worry about and fear. And But there's a process. And I love it when we can find these processes in the scriptures of, okay, hey, number one, don't fear, just stop it. And you stop it by bringing me everything, right? Give it to me, let me have it. Tell me how you really feel. By prayer and petition, bring everything to him. So it was like, Okay, I'm going to stop because I'm going to give it to you. And then I'm going to experience your peace, which surpasses all understanding, which makes no freaking sense why I'm okay, right? <laughs> like have it, and I'm going to be okay. And then this part I love. And then that peace will protect your heart and mind. It was like, oh, Jesus is going to go to bat for me and he's going to fight for me and he's going to keep that stuff away. So I don't swirl into the worry. And so I don't feel all that anxiety. It's just a process, but it's a process that we have to return to and return to and return to and that we return to from a place of conviction, not condemnation. Right. And I think that's where people are struggling a lot right now is we end up in this shame cycle when we don't measure up to what we thought we were supposed to be or how things were supposed to be. And I'm just reminded continually that. He doesn't need us to be perfect. He doesn't expect that. And nothing changes whether we show up that way or not. So there's a promise, right, of I will partner with you in the worry and I'll partner with you in the fear. And if you'll let me take it, I got you and I'll cover you and I'll fight for you. And then we get to these cool moments. So I had this moment last week and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new level of thing. So I used to have on my lock screen in Proverbs 31, where it says she's clothed in strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future was like an aspirational thing okay like it's every time i turn on my phone i see this and last week on wednesday my husband got laid off from his job no he didn't like his job so this was like we've been praying for a new job and god answers our prayers in fun ways anyway oh. so he's standing at the bottom of the stairs and he's like i just got laid off And i was like oh okay well i got an errand to run so i'll be back in a few minutes so we can go for lunch and we'll talk about it And I got in the car and I literally started like laughing my guts out. I just thought this was like the most hilarious thing. And I was like, thanks, Jesus. Because it just was like, obviously you're at work and obviously you've got this. And, you know, it's a weird way of what we've prayed for, but I think it's the right thing for him. Like, cool. And it was a little later in the day and I was like, oh, I just laughed without fear of the future. And it felt like such a milestone for me and such a testament to how, you know, we can feel like we're doing the work and we can feel like we're, you know, we're learning and we're maturing. We're trying to show up and we're trying to let him change us and develop us. We're trying to follow. We're giving him all our try, but sometimes it feels like I'm getting nowhere. And to have those little moments and to have him highlight them and be able to recognize them and be able to celebrate them, it's like, oh, there is, there is breakthrough. It does come, but we just have to walk it long enough and be committed to it long enough, and have faith long enough that it's you know it's going to happen, that eventually we get there. And he's like, "Hey, look, look back there, see how far you came." Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, wow. life is fascinating. It really is, and I'm I'm laughing with you
0: that you can look back and laugh at that because you just know something better is coming. God, God's got this.
1: We've been to this rodeo enough times. Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's funny because I'm in the season where it's just like, like I said, I dropped everything. I had to rebuild so many things and so many life changes in my personal space, my business space. It's just wild to see when I look back and be like, God had his hand in all of this. And, Mm And all I did at that point was just like I said, took my foot off the gas and just said, I'm done. like Because I had nothing left to give. I had all my cries, all my prayers, all my things that I could do, gave everything away. Like, literally, yes. we sold our home and like sold everything in it. Like, there it is. We took our personal belongings and kind of things, some things. And, and you know what? I never even missed any of it. And so, ironically, we moved into our new home and I said, Oh, so this is what we do. We buy a house to store our stuff. It really hit me in that moment when I said it. I was like, This is just all so temporary. Why do we fight something that doesn't even matter? And it has really just empowered me to continue leaning in to, I know that we mentioned this word at the beginning of this episode, and I feel like it's timely to kind of bring it full circle here, is the word rest. In this rest of this period that I knew that I couldn't do anymore, and I just surrendered and literally stepped back and said, you know what, I'm taking one day at a time. And I know this is what, you know, it teaches you in the Bible, but in real life, You need to plan out the next 30 years, like from your retirement fund all the way backwards. You should have not only your week plan, but your day plan every minute in your calendar plan. And it's just like, for what? Why? Because anything can happen. Anything can disrupt that. And when they say that quote, like, you make your plans, God laughs at them kind of thing. Yeah. So this is brain circle where we can laugh and look back in this humor aspect and realize that God really did create us in his image. He has humor. It's not oh, kind yeah. of sometimes that sarcasm humor, and you're just like, yeah, I don't know if that's really funny. He's like, trust me, I don't <laughs> appreciate what I got from the other side. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, so mm-hmm. here it is. You know, he just doing this with you and your family. And and I know that you're over here, just not even bad, and I like, don't have to worry about it. He's delivered so many times that why would this one be any different?
1: Mm-hmm. And so There's stewardship there, too, right? Of Are we using our time and our finances, our plans, or, you know, all of these things in a way that is in alignment with how he wants to use them. And it's in alignment with his principles. And I mean, that's part of it for us of like, we don't need to worry because we know that number one, he'll provide, but number two, we've been making such an effort to steward time and money in a way that he teaches. And I heard this quote this year, I think it was Mike Todd. He said, God's taken the hustle out of his house. And like God's never been in a hurry to do anything. And that's just stuck with me of it's okay to breathe. Like it's okay to be an achiever. It's okay to be driven, but with intentionality. And there's a book called The Rest of God. It's by Mark Buchanan. I've been working my way through it. And it's about Sabbath. And he talks about how when we don't rest, we miss the rest of who God is. Oh. We don't have time to discover him. Isn't it beautiful? So, yeah. Oh my it's goodness. It's so profound. It's like I so simple. It? Yeah. So that just yeah. like hit me. This book is kicking my butt. I am not all the way through it. It's a slow read, but you the yeah, title. Just The Rest of God yeah.
0: Solid. Yeah. This is incredible. And, mm-hmm. and how we actually started this podcast and we were just talking about, well, what do we want to talk about? And ironically, Julia mentioned the word rest. And I said, that has been at the forefront of so many things in my life. And Mm -hmm. I had a guest on, you know, not too long ago, and we talked about rest as well. And I said, well, this is like, I feel like I'm getting this message from God who just keeps saying, keep doing it. We're not ready yet. You still need to rest because what I'm building, you got to be prepared for. And Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, and I'm recognizing even in this world that we're in, how we're bombarded by so much stuff. That, that adds to our stack plates of overwhelm, anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, all the things that are robbing us of our time with God and all the promises. And so when that stuff feels like it's coming at us, we're just on the defense now, like trying to bat that as quickly as it comes. And just that is exhausting because how can you live if you're constantly defending because everything is coming through at this unreasonable rate? And the speed, that is not meant for anyone to experience. When we talk about like burnout and exhaustion, it's not so much of us on the doing part, but it's also us on the defending because we know what we need to do. But sometimes all that worldly mess gets in the way and we have to declutter before we can even get to work. And so, yeah, rest has definitely been my word, probably the word of the year. And ironically, I didn't pick one. So I
1: guess that must have been it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a practice, much like tithing is a practice, and both of them are just a practice in trusting. Yeah. Right? Okay, I trust you. I don't know how on earth I'm going to take a day off and not do the things that I need to do, because there's a bazillion things to do, but I'm just going to, I'm going to try. And in that, over and over and over again, it starts to get easier. We start to build that muscle. And it's like, no, he actually does. He does have it.
0: He always does. And it's just about, again, trust, trust trust Mm -hmm. what is next for you I know that
1: you have a few things coming and you know there's when we talk about rest that's kind of the definition of the season that I wouldn't say that I'm coming out of but I've been in for the last couple of years is learning to rest partly so I can teach people to rest so I think the next because he's only giving me so much because it is very day-to-day still. And I think that sometimes for us who like to take control back and go run with it, it's like, I'm just going to give you the next couple things, not the whole big thing, but we're exploring right now what it looks like to build community that travels together in this living out the life we're called to journey. So what exactly that's going to look like, I'm not sure. There is definitely continued focus on speaking and waking people up and giving them the tools they need to go and do this thing. And while finishing my masters in theology and leadership, which is like, like I said before, such a I did not see this coming, but so cool thing. And other than that, there's yeah, there's some conferences and things that are coming up, but we're still working out all the details. So a whole bunch of kind of sort of I don't knows, and um, we'll see what he brings. I love your calmness about it. You're at that point
0: where you could just literally sit back and let God pave the way and you get to experience it and
1: be like, this is right. It's like, do you want me to pick the podcast up? No, not yet. (laughs) It's been a year. Okay, fine. Do you want me to promo the book some more? Sort of, kind of, maybe, you know, and he'll tell me when it's time to hit, go on some of that stuff. And um, in the meantime, I'll see what presents like this It presented and here we are. So I mean, if people want to, Connect. They can always find me on Instagram or the website. Um, yep. and that was and, my question. Bringing it all together, yeah. like, how can people
0: not only just be a part of what you've already have and and just be a part of the journey and looking in to the mm-hmm. future with you, which is unfolding every single day, and get to walk that and experience it with with you. And so, how can they follow along with you? How can they get into your space? And uh, we always leave our listeners with, you know, some takeaways and kind of tidbits on what is the next step even for them at this
1: point in their life. And so I'll give a couple of options. Um, Easy, simple things. We've got a newsletter that goes out periodically. You can sign up for that via our link and bio on Instagram or the website, um, juliewanger.com. You can follow me on Insta. I'm usually the most active there. And if anyone's feeling that nudge of, I know that God's built me for something and I'm not sure what it is and I'm not sure how to get there. Or maybe I have some sense of what it is, but I'm not sure how to get there because I keep getting in my own way. Hop on a free clarity call with me because I love nothing more than to help get people momentum. And if they can like, hop on a half hour call and go and do the things, awesome. If there's opportunity to do work together, cool. But this is what's so cool about God is he just drops clients when I need them. Yeah. And he finds the people that need me. And so it's like, there's not this icky sales push anymore. It's like, no, yeah. we just get to hang out and we just get to talk about like what's in you. And he's built me for that. And I just love it, love it, love it. It's like, ooh, you get to dive into the good stuff. So those are available on the website or the link in bio too. So.
0: Well, awesome. This has just been an incredible conversation. So, of course, all of that will be in the show notes. So be sure to oh, check in the, the book.
1: Box. They can get the book. Oh, Fired yeah. Fired Fulfilled, and Free. Okay. Yeah. Say that again. I mention <laughs> the book. We talked a lot about a lot of <laughs> things. And and I'm looking at your book
0: behind you. Okay.
1: Take okay. So the book is it. called Fired Up, Fulfilled, and Free. Know who you are. Get out of your own way. Live your purpose. It's on Amazon or okay. linked to Amazon through the website. So, I mean, everything's on the website and everything's on the link in bio. It's easy. Exactly. He's so it's to all
0: one stop shop and for all yeah. the things to connect and to learn more about Julie and follow along and read her book and just all the incredible things that God is doing with her and through her and just ways to give back as well. So definitely be sure to take advantage of what Julie is offering. Even if it's just the call or reading her book, it's just a place to start because as she said, sometimes we get in our own way and the longer we're in our own way, the muddier we mess things up. So. Let's get on of it. More with.
1: people wait
0: that you're yes. called to. Yes. That yes. Was, yes.
1: Yeah, the cost is high.
0: Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for just really sharing your story and just as a testimony to the wonders that God can do in life and being on this as a receiving end as well and giving a way to just provide encouragement and inspiration and hope for those that may need it as well. So thank you so much, Julie, for joining me today. It's
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening.